This is Jared Jack. You're listening to Mr. T on KNBR 680, the sports leader. Looking baseline, looking wing. Thompson can't get free. Kirilenko denies him, so Jared Jack backs up, drives on Berea, handoff Lee, in with a slam. Jared Jack saw the clock, said time to go. Always a pleasure to talk to Warriors guard Jared Jack. Jared, what's going on, man? What's going on, boss? Not a whole heck of a lot. Just uh, chilling. Not as much as you, though. You got four days off. That's going to be weird early in the season to have four days off. It's a, it's a little unusual uh, by NBA standards. It's almost like a vacation, but much needed, much needed. I don't think anybody's complaining. Do you know that you are 4-2, and two, the Warriors are 4-2, and two, when you score double figures? Did you know that fact? I did not. So Thursday, I guess I got to get 10 or more. Just shoot it every <laughs> time you get it. If you score 10 points, you're going to have a good chance to win. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> good formula for me. Yeah, don't run that by Coach Jack. I don't know what he's going to think of it. But, Coach, we're 4-2 and two when I score 10. Let me just get 10, and I can chill the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he cares where the points comes from. As long as they translate into us, uh, you know, keep racking up these Ws, you know, I think everybody's good. Well, you know what's been interesting is that not only are you guys 8-6, and six, but the defense has been really good. So talking about points, the, this Warriors team – has done a good job of limiting points. Talk a little bit about the defense schematically, you know, what Coach Jackson has you do, and how much of it is that, or just, you know, with the addition of you and Carl Landry, that you have guys on the team now that are a little more tenacious defensively than this team has been? Um, yeah, I think it's more of an adoptive philosophy that, we're gonna, that we know if we want to be a team that's going to, you know, play later on the season or be as successful as we want to be, you know, that's a you know part of the floor or part of the game plan that we really have to buy into. You know, we know we have a lot of guys on our team with the offensive tools that allow us to keep us in ball games, but for us to win a lot of those games when our offense isn't flowing or a lot of those games where we're going to have to really grind our teeth, is going to be a defensive base. So, you know, uh, myself, as long as Coach Jackson, you know, Carl and, you know, Andrew Bogut, when he's been healthy, have really been kind of drilling that point home and, um, you know, I guess we've been kind of putting our best foot forward. What would you say the overall defensive philosophy is? I mean, challenge threes, run them off the line, keep guys out of the paint, make sure the rotations are tight. I mean, if you have one, like, team philosophy that everyone needs to buy into, what would that be? Uh, trust. You know, because there, there are a lot of dynamic players in this league. A lot of guys who can do a, a, a host of different things. And as you know, um, you know, obviously you have an individual responsibility on guarding your guy, but it's still, a you know, within the team concept. So even if, you know, he may beat you a certain way, knowing or trusting that those guys behind you are going to have your back and help you out, you know, if somebody gets beat to the basket to step before a charge or a block shot or, you know, just a simple rotation. And, you know, it, it just takes effort at the end of the day, effort and instincts. And that's the things, you know, we constantly drill every day in practice. And uh, it's been, you know, paying off for us so far. You're so right about the trust because everyone's got to trust that when they do what they're supposed to do, that the guy behind them is going to do what they're going to do. Because if they don't, I mean, no one wants to look at a box score and see the guy they were guarding has 30 points, even though they know that it wasn't them that gave it up. It was the team they gave it up. Right. But if you don't trust that the guy's going to get it done behind you, then maybe you're not as apt to rotate as quickly as you need to because the guy behind you 
doesn't have your back. And if you know that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, then you can do it with conviction. Exactly. Um, I think Coach Jackson and his staff have done a great job, um, you know, putting the foundation, you know, for us defensively down since, you know, the day we stepped into training camp. But the thing really to understand is that, okay, you know, somebody's going to score. You know, it's the NBA. Somebody's going to score. Somebody's going to have a 20-plus night or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it's not, you know, I'm using this name because we're playing Denver. It's not Danilo Gallinari mm-hmm. that has 20 points. It's the Denver Nuggets. You know what I mean? And in the grand scheme of things, we're trying to stop them and not necessarily just this one player. Like, the ball doesn't care who scores it. You know what I mean? Like, it has no preference. At the end of the day, we're trying to have more points than they have when all three zeros are, you know, at at the end of the game. I wish when I was playing the ball care who scored it. I might have had a few more points. I was good to the the ball. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, so, so many guys, like, let's just say, if they're guarding one of these primetime guys, you know, they have fear of rotating off them. Yep. You know, because they're like, oh, I was guarding such and such. And I'm like, but, you know, you're giving up a layup. I don't care the best player in the world. If he, I'll take him shooting a 30-foot three rather than this guy shooting a point-blank layup each and every day. I mean, that's why they put him over there to kind of distract you, and he's able to stretch the floor. I mean, that's part of, you know, his repertoire or whatever the case may be. No, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. right, Jared. It's not about keeping your man from scoring. It's about keeping the team from scoring. Right. And guys, you know, a lot of times guys don't see that. And, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I saw it a lot when I was playing. The guys, it didn't matter win or lose, guys would grab the stat sheet at the end of the day and they would look at the far right-hand column to see how many points they had and see how many points that the man they were guarding had. And if they felt like they had 25 and they held the guy to 21, they did their job. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Right, without question. And, you know, that's the thing we've kind of adopted. You know, um, and, you know, we, we, we're just trying to limit teams, make their catches tough, uh, close out under control, shoot with a, a hand in their face. And then the most important thing, um, especially with the Denver Nuggets coming up here, is finishing, finishing each possession with a rebound. And with these guys like JaVale McGee, Kenneth Fareed, Costa Kufis, um, you know, they have a number of guys who can go in there and crash the offensive glass and keep possessions alive. And, that's the one thing, if I had to hard point it, that's the thing we really, really got to improve on. Talking to Jared Jack, nice enough to join us, talking a little Golden State Warrior basketball. Could it have worked out any better that Reggie Evans was the first guy that got dinged for flopping? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would have been everyone's first-round draft pick in that pool. I mean, that that couldn't have worked out any better. Oh, man, Reggie's is a really, really good friend of mine. <laughs> He's um, a, he, you got to admit, though, even as a friend, you got to look at him and say, come on, Reggie, you got to stop it with that. You're 250. Without question. I mean, Reg does a good job of manipulating the refs into thinking that he's, I don't know, been hit by a ton of bricks, <laughs> so, so to speak. But, um, I mean, we, we still know the type of hard worker Reggie is, yep. type of type of guy or type of player he is night in and night out. But it was almost ironic that he was the first guy to get hit with it, almost. It was, it was unbelievable, almost inevitable. <laughs> Well, you get your wallet book uh, manipulated a little one, one too many times. I guess uh, that's what they're hoping, that that will stop the the flopping. Have you noticed a difference in the games that uh, you guys have played in, whether it's teammates or uh, the opposing team, The guys are trying def- to stand their feet a little bit more? I definitely think it has calmed down to an extent. Um, the the real tricky part is that, you know, the, the Players Association, as soon as they put this rule in, the Players Association filed a grievance, mm-hmm. you know, basically saying that, you know, the onus, 
you know, for these calls aren't on the players. It's on the referee. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if the if the ball goes out of bounds and we know we hit it last, do we tell the ref, hey, I hit the, I hit the, you know what I mean? Like, of, of course you do, Jared. You saw the good sportsmanship commercial where the guy said, "Coach, I hit it last. It's their ball." There would have been ten guys I mean, who would have punched that it. kid. But <laughs> if it's three seconds to go and this is the game to decide if we go into the playoffs, and I don't know if I'm, I might withheld the truth, withhold the truth a little bit. I there. would withhold I it in the preseason, Jared. I would never tell the <laughs> official I hit the ball last. You kidding me? But I'm just saying, man. I, I still think the onus. To you know, stop the flopping is is on the officials. You know what I mean? No, I like, know exactly what you mean. Re, re, like like regardless regardless if Reggie got fined or not, there still was a foul call on 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 the particular play that that he got you know against the Lakers. Yep. Well, you know what I mean? Like it, it's up to the officials to better assess the play that's going on. In, in my personal opinion, and I still think we have the best referees in the world, but I just think. Uh, at times, they kind of look at the reaction of somebody's body language, and they're like, oh, that guy's falling over. Somebody must have hit him. But I'm like, yo, if you didn't see it, you know what I mean, then don't blow the whistle. Yeah, I know what you're saying. There should be more play-ons. Just Without, without question. Just play-on. You know well, I, mean? I remember when I was a rookie, I tried to take a flop against Larry Nance, and I forget who was officiating. He just looked at me and said, get up. <laughs> and that was the last time I tried it. It's the last time I did it because I think Larry Nance right. stepped over me and dunked it. It was embarrassing. And, and then I, and then I had to have the official say, "Get up." It was embarrassing, right, and I didn't right. do it again. So I mean, it's going to be tricky to see how that goes, you know, from this point on to the end of the season. But if, I mean, if it's able to clean up the flopping and all the flailing, then you know I'm all for it. Talk about the first, uh, or if you could assess the growth of Harrison Barnes over the first few weeks of the season. Um, tremendous. I think it's a kid with a, you know, a, a ton of potential, um, has the size to, you know, in my opinion, play three positions out there on the court from shooting guard to small forward and then power forward in, in, in some situations. Um, you know, he's a very mature kid. You can see he's kind of been prepped for this, you know, since he was a, a young kid in high school. Um, but has a unique ability to be able to post up, uh, knock down a perimeter shot, finishing transition. One of the better athletes I've seen, you know, come across since I've been in the NBA. And, you know, seeing him grow game by game, you know, has been a, you know, a tremendous thing. You know, um, he's still kind of getting used to the NBA whistle as far as how they, you know, call fouls or whatever the case may be, as we saw in Denver when he got caught up in a little bit of early foul trouble. Yeah. But other than that, man, uh, terrific work, that work ethic, always at practice early, and, uh, you know, carries himself like a true professional. Pretty nice dunk against Minnesota, too. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> My goodness. I, I, I went up and saw him at, at the end of the game, and I said, man, I, I've seen some dunks in this league. That right there, if it wasn't one of the best I've seen in person, it ranks right up there at the top. And just extremely proud of him. And, you know, that poster probably going to be somewhere in my house, you know, as soon as they get him made up. <laughs> Who's the best game dunker you've seen in your career? The best game dunker? Yeah. Uh, Vince Carter. Yeah, just the, the stuff he used to do was just like, come on. Man. Well, the one he had on Alonzo was ridiculous. Yeah, and he was like, wasn't he looking at the basket like a yeah. little dunk almost? <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. Him, Josh Smith has done some yep. you know, craziness. You know, I mean, there, there's a host of guys who you know, if he gets a good jump, running start, and you're kind of late, it could be a problem for you. Oh yeah, it can be. There's a lot of guys that were. You know, really good game dunkers that could really never pull stuff off 
in the dunk contest. I remember Sean Kemp his first time in a dunk contest. I thought this is going to be really good, and it wasn't. But you get him in a game, and I remember I was sitting on the bench when he dunked over Alton Lister in the playoffs, or Alton Lister in the playoffs uh, 20 years or so ago, and that was the most incredible thing I had seen. I felt like Apollo Creed's trainer in the corner screaming <laughs> at Alton Lister because I saw him about ready to rotate, and I was thinking, no, and he did it, and oh. Ended up on the intro to TNT. That's not where you want to be. No, I mean it's it's a, it's a host of guys who are kind of, you know, game dunkers or or your your dunk contest guy. I actually think LeBron is is, is a better game dunker than he would be a um, yeah dunk contest person. Everybody's like always, you know, putting pressure on him to get in the dunk contest. I think honestly that he knows that that's not really his thing. Talking to Jared Jack. Hey Jared, before we uh, let you run, just. Wanted to ask you about Clay Thompson. He's kind of come out of the shooting woes. He struggled there for four or five games. And as a veteran, I think you know you're going to go through those stretches throughout the course of the season. You've had a couple games recently that haven't been your best shooting wise, but you've been in the league a long time. You know those things are going to happen occasionally, and you move on at the end of the year. The numbers are probably going to be where they should be for a young guy, first year starting the season. Do you talk with him at all and say, you know, don't press, don't worry about it, you know, try to get yourself to the free throw line, try to get a layup to get yourself going, or do you let him figure things out? Well, um, first and foremost, Coach Jackson gives everybody a tremendous amount of confidence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then also, Clay, I mean, the only way to get out of a shooting slump is to keep shooting, you know. And uh, this is the thing I tell some, you know, try to, you know, just shoot good shots, you know. Um, coming out, you're coming off a shooting slump, whatever the case may be, shooting a tough one, you know, it is a difficult way to probably start off a new game. Obviously, you know, it's probably messing with you mentally to some extent. But if you come out just shooting good shots and then once you get your rhythm down, you know, um, that will be the best way to kind of get back on track. Jarrett, really appreciate the time. Let's do it again soon, man. Always. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jarrett. Take it easy, man.